This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouse of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer and the Palatial 680 of the Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Mr. Josh Bagriansky. And in front of me, Mr. Sam Franco. Gentlemen, how's it going? This is show 200. 200. Did you realize that? It's really like 213, but A officially it's like 200. A lot of podcasts have come and gone, but only one re- remains consistently mediocre analysis. The real Disappointingly OG rational here. episode number 200. I have full faith that we were the first podcast. Well, it seems we're the last one. I don't think it's anything <laughs> so. about full faith or anything. We were definitely the first Atlanta United. I think podcast. there were a couple that were like that had come and gone very Even briefly. Before us, maybe like a, like an episode. And there's some, there's some people that consider ATL Soccer Chat back in the day oh, a well, podcast, no. although Jason, that was just more on on uh, on it's Facebook. Kind of the origination of. Maybe soccer down here to some extent, but because that was we Jason before, dropping knowledge. We were even before ATL Soccer Chat, weren't we? I, I, that's why I don't remember. What did they, you and guys if you consider talk that a, about? And if you consider that a podcast, Dude, we talk. I mean, it was I know funny it, when MLS. You should go back and listen to the first few episodes. I know Eric like made up that we should sign Freddie Adu or something like when that. MLS, that was that was in written form yeah, only. So you guys were really what? reaching for I, content. I had, look, I had a good case. Okay. No, well, you didn't. What was basically the, it was <laughs> look it, it was a it was a low risk. Look, if you if you if you as Atlanta United somehow brought him back from the dead as a player and oh, resurrected so his like career, a, a the risk contract. is it makes you, you look like you, an idiot no. club for bringing him in. Think about it this way: you're a brand new club. You're going to take a chance on a guy like Freddie Adu right. at very very minimal cost to you. Wait, go back and, <laughs> and listen to wait, the, the third episode. At if you very hear minimal, at very minimal cost to you, and then if you resurrect his career, not only do you have a great player that was. Back in the day, you've got them for cheap. Josh, this can is, you imagine if Atlanta United is, had actually gone down this road and, like, you know, imagine like where we are now: an MLS Cup, lots of trophies. You know what? How that wouldn't have not happened is if Freddie Adu had been yeah, like their this first time. This is this is topical stuff here. I want, okay, Freddie Adu, twenty fifteen. How do we say, get two hundred episodes? No I won't idea. say. I won't say it was a great argument, but it was an argument. <laughs> The best thing was when MLSsoccer.com. We like, were striving for yeah. content, my friends. MLSsoccer.com wrote us up. They were like, they don't have a lot of episodes, but they did talk about Zlatlana. <laughs> yeah. We had like the Zlatlana episode bad. where we wanted Zlatan to come. That's a good I, one. It was great. But I'll, I'll just say this. 200 episodes in, it's been great. We, we thank all of you guys out there for making this possible because it isn't possible without all of you listening to us. And as many times as Eric messes up the intro, I don't really care as long as I get paid. So. 400 times I've messed up that intro, at least. <laughs> Once an episode. You're off to a bad start average. in 2022. All right. Do you want to hear some way, rumors? We don't actually get paid. There are more rumors. Do I you want to hear yes, some rumors? Yes, yes, it's yes. It's really not a rumor. It's Enlighten an update to rumors. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. This is from Mr. Roberto Rojas. Ooh. Top lad. Who Top spoke lad. to Pedro Aldave, the agent for uh, Arzamendia and Villasanti, who said this. And he sent me the auto recording, so I heard it myself. I want to say it's the agent. Look, I I trust Roberto Rojas. Absolutely. Okay? So I trust that when he tells me it's the agent, it's the agent. Okay? No, nothing changed. There's an interest. We're starting to work on it this week, but these players are currently at the pre-Olympics. There is an interest among clubs from MLS, and it's not seen with bad eyes. We're currently studying the case. Again, that is a quote from... uh, that I received from Roberto Rojas from the agents of Arzamendia and Villasanti. So just 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 to give you a little more context. Uh, the the pre Olympics go basically until the end of January. I love the the pre Olympics. <laughs> the pre Olympics basically go to the end of January. You got to think that if anything's gonna get done, it's not gonna get done until after that. So if we I think apply our normal 
again, way of looking at transfer rumors. As we've always said, don't look at the rumor itself. Look at which way the wind is blowing. And I think one thing we can tell for sure here, probably both these guys are going to end up in MLS. I mean, because you've so heard... So that, that's the thing that kind of worries me now, because I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I would like both of them in, with Atlanta United. Maybe, yeah, maybe so or maybe not So here's the thing. I keep, I keep hearing... It, it, everything that pops up, it's like it's, it's distancing itself from Atlanta United. Right. You, now you're hearing more about the league Just itself. coming to the league and not necessarily yeah. the, the, the Atlanta United. That's what kind of makes me a little curious about a lot of what's being said. You heard Roberto Rojas uh, two weeks ago talk about how... In his gut, he thinks maybe one comes, yeah, but he, he really one, he really says both. both of them are coming to MLS. That's yeah. what he was pretty much sure on, is that both of them are coming to MLS. Which, may, again, look, you want you want either one. You want both if you can. But the the way these things are being phrased lately, I, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm unsure. But, it seemed that, like, but that's it. That's all That's all you got is right now you've got Atlanta United with interest. Yeah. and oh, I, Sorry, sorry. MLS teams with MLS interest. MLS with interest. United and with I interest. mean, Atlanta United was not – no one in Viasanti or Arza Mendia's camp have mentioned Atlanta United specifically. No. Uh, the rumors, I mean, and this is the first time I think we've heard directly from the agent, but again, a lot of, you've had some of the Atlanta United rumors that obviously we jump on because we talk about Atlanta United, but th- a lot of the other rumors have been coming to MLS, haven't named any clubs. The only club you've heard you've heard actually named is Atlanta United. So we're, we have to wait and see, but certainly from what the agent says, it does seem like things are ramping up with these two players. Certainly being at the Olympic qualifying, uh, it's it's a little more difficult when a player is involved in, in, yeah. in, in international play. But I think based on, you know, like I said, the way the way the winds are blowing, we're seeing the rumors picking up involving these two specific players. Now we're hearing the agent coming out. It, it sounds like the, the wheels are in motion in terms of a lot of teams in MLS trying to court these two players. Definitely multiple teams. So... I, nothing's for sure. And, and again, I wanted you, you They're think, great fits for I know, Atlanta. I know, I know. They'd be, be great perfect. to get both. I think if you get those two players, your roster is pretty much complete. You just have to fill out depth. I really want both. You get a left back and a, and a, and a, and a box-to-box kind of center mid type, you're good. All these people saying <laughs> we were screwed a week ago. We just need to sign four players. It doesn't take that long. Doug, someone in the chat says Doug Robertson seemed to think both both aren't coming, and I and I wonder what the money situation looks like. What does that mean? Why? Why? Have, and again, we're just speculating. We've heard this from the very I guess Roberto spoke about it early. Yeah, that there only one can come to Atlanta. We don't know why. Is that a contractual thing? Are we just hearing that because lots of MLS teams are after these guys, so we're assuming just one is going to come? Very interesting to me that from the beginning, particularly with two guys about the same age, Paraguayan, you figured they might like to go to the same club together, yeah. uh, and for some reason it's been Atlanta can get one. They're not going to go together. So well, Josh, I'm what really we, interested to see. What do we call this? The silly season. Silly season, For yes. a reason. Like, you know, and, and we were talking about this a little bit on the radio show in a sense that any time you're dealing with South American transfer rumors, yeah. there's always going to be that sort of, like, haze. Whereas, like, you know, there's obviously different journalistic standards and things like that in covering American sports and stuff yeah. like that where, you know, you're going to vet your sources a little more, things like that. There's a lot more confusion and there's a lot more willingness to go with a story that might not be properly vetted down in South America. So I think more than anything, whether a guy's coming, whether two guys are coming, whether none of them are coming, this all could have been generated completely by an agent or a family member. You just don't know. Do we hope that these players, one of these players comes to Atlanta United? I mean, sure. I mean, I don't really know enough about them in terms of, you know, other than watching, like, YouTube clips or yeah. things like that to, to know how they're going to fit stylistically in with Atlanta United. But what I do know is nothing is finalized or nothing is even close to becoming an actual, you know, almost credible rumor until you start to see it reported through some more, you know, 
some some channels that vet things. Yeah, and I think I think a big part of this is also that Cerro Porteño, the club the two are with, are in a really bad spot financially right now. So Sam, you talk about maybe their camp pushing that they're about to move. It's because they know the club has to sell them, and they look around and they say, "Where would I like to go? I can get a nice little pay raise in MLS." And all we talk about this all the time: all the attractive elements of. Uh, Coming to of, of sh- and, and of showcasing yourself as yeah, a yeah. young player and 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 making it a stepping stone. So I mean, at, at the at the very least, I think you know the reason these players. And again, we spoke about this last week, Eric. So I won't go too into depth. But the reason you're seeing these players linked is because there's an interest on their part, like Sam said, but also because everybody knows Cerro Porteño are going to have to sell players, and certainly these are two at the top of the list that are going to be in demand for their clubs to go out and try to get. I'll repeat what was what was said by the agent uh, to Roberto Rojas, who then related to me. No, nothing changed. He asked him specifically about what was going on with, with uh, Arzamendia and, and Villasanti. No, nothing changed. There's an interest. We're starting to work on it uh, this week, but these players are currently at the pre-Olympics. There's an interest among clubs from MLS, and it's not seen with bad eyes. We're currently studying the case. The way they said the part, and this is kind of the last thing we'll say on it, but the, the, the way they and said this is translated clearly. Yeah, yeah, to yeah be, this is translated. Yeah, okay. The way he said in Spanish, the way he said it's not seen with bad eyes, makes mm-hmm. me think like the move to MLS is going to happen. That jumps out at me too. Yeah, the yeah, move to MLS phrase. is going to happen. Uh, but it's curious about the timeline that that this all kind of falls under because if you look at what Elaine United did today in in uh, in solidifying uh, uh, residency for Barco Escobar and Remedi, no longer taking up those international slots. Amazing. All of a sudden, you've opened up three international slots. You think that maybe Atlanta United could go for both these players if the money works out. So you look at you look at that situation, you're like, okay, well, that that lines up. And then you look at what DeBoer said earlier today about, um, well, uh, was it today? No, yesterday. Yesterday he uh, talked talking about how uh, when it comes to, in terms of the, uh, finding a replacement for the loss of Nagby, of course, we will not get him back with his quality. But another player can have a different qual- uh, can have different qualities. The nag, we can fill that gap. Hopefully, we're going to see a midfielder added. Uh, for me, that's most important. So again, you you yesterday that was said. Today, I've got I, I we get an update about from Roberto Rojas about uh, uh, the situation with the the two Paraguayans, and then today we've got the opening of international slots. I'm like, it's all kind of lining up. Oh yeah, to it's, go it, in that direction, and it's definitely lining up for a lot of business to be done. And again. More reason to relax if you're afraid that Lane United are not going to replace these guys that have left. They've got international spots open. They've already signed uh, two. I mean, more guys than this, but even in the last week alone, you've signed players in Walks and Meza who both fit in very well to your system and what you want to do, whether it be from a starter or depth standpoint. Now, what I what the club I has a plan, they're ready. What I haven't calculated because you don't need to actually be. I don't think we need to be rostering applying until. Until, until March first, I yeah. think is until so. MLS it could starts. be that some of those international slots are already taken. I I am not going to go through the process of figuring out. I'm just going to trust that the the, the club's going to finalize all this stuff when it when it comes when yeah. it comes said all said and done. Um, but I got to imagine that if nothing else, at least one, if not two, of those spots that just opened up were taken by either Meza or um or Walks. Probably both. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, look, it's all it's all part of the process we have to kind of go through. I just I thought I found it curious the timeline that this all kind of happened in that it seemed to fit the narrative that Atlanta United is going after one, if not both, of these players. Considering everything that happened today and yesterday, yeah, and between I think what was said and what was done by the by by the team and and uh, and what was said by Frank DeBoer. And we keep repeating this. There was a clear direction. I yeah. think that there was not last January, and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, with with having a new manager coming in and getting in sync with the front office. Um, but this this year, it feels like there's a clear direction, a clear intent in terms of what type of player you want to sign, what type of system you want to fit in. 
So, I mean, certainly for me, even though there are still a couple holes to fill, I'm rest easing, resting easy knowing that the club uh, has a strategy. And I think if you look at the two, I mean, we talked all about the walk signing last week. We talked a lot about Fernando Mesa, but I know that the, it wasn't official yet. Yeah, I, I think, now it is. <laughs> I think, you know, I think that he could be in some ways an upgrade from Gonzalez Pires from a pure defending standpoint. Uh, I, so I think, again, Atlanta United is doing really, really good business thus far in the January window. And, and I think, I mean, Walks obviously is a good depth piece, but when I see them bring in a guy like Mesa who who fits the system but also gives you really honestly an upgrade in some areas from Pires, particularly uh, the, the, his aerial dominance. And again, you think about maybe you could upgrade. I mean, I know Darnton Nagby is a great player. You're not going to fill exactly what he did at that center midfield spot. But who's to say that a Villasanti or a player like that can't be an upgrade from him as well? Right. And I think Atlanta United are really, really doing a good job so far of, of filling in those holes from the guys that left. It's funny that uh, all of a sudden, well, Meza's like, uh, it seems to be already a fan favorite. Well, he when, get- <laughs> when he when he when he comments about doing a, an interview in English in six months, yeah. And- and how clearly vocal he is and, and how he, he's already been asked to kind of be a, a leader to kind of uh, organize that back line even before anything Stepping started. Stepping right into yeah. the role left by Pires. And, you know, it's funny because I think it was uh, Joe Patrick, uh, our, our, esteemed, uh, our esteemed boss at Dirty South Soccer, one of them who uh, immediately, like, I feel like it was within 20 minutes of interviewing him, Comes on to our Slack chat and says, Mesa, "Mesa's awesome. You guys are gonna, <laughs> we're gonna love him." And he just drops all these quotes and all those things. So I love it. Yeah. Not only are you replacing Pires from a positional standpoint, you got. It sounds like you got another kind of vibrant personality to fill the, the gap that will leave with him gone too. So yeah, it's great to have those kind of players that can step in and <laughs> and you know absolutely um, not just. For, and we were talking about this earlier. Not just from a like for like player standpoint you know you need guys that are going to be uh have the experience that are going to be able to come in and and you don't miss that beat so to speak of an lgp but at the same time if you're frank DeBoer, you've got to love that this is a guy who's probably going to do a lot of similar things without having had the experience of playing for tata martino and knowing what that was like this is a guy that's only that's experience true. with atlanta united will be playing under frank DeBoer and as much as this was a business move for Atlanta United, and I absolutely believe that is the case, I think there's a little twinge here, personally at least, of Frank DeBoer being like, this was one of the loudest mouths against me yeah, what early you- on in the season, so I can't get rid of pity because of the price tag, because of some other things. I can't get rid of Joseph, obviously, because he's the best player on the team, but what little control that Frank DeBoer does have in this situation is maybe – okay, it's probably better for both sides if we get rid of this guy and I bring in someone who, again, doesn't have the experience of how it was before I was here, so it makes it a little easier for maybe Frank to not have control, but you know what I mean? You just want to get those voices out of your locker room if they're against you. And, yeah. and I, again... I, I, will, I will go out and say... You can, I, I'll let you finish, but yeah. I'll go out and say that I'm, I'm 100% against what you're saying right now. But go ahead. Well, it, I'm not saying it's the main reason, though. I'm I'm just saying that Frank DeBoer, because you can kind of read between the lines of his statement where he said LGP asked for. So he talks about how this like is better for the team, basically. So if you look at the statement, it's like he's saying LGP wanted it, but then later on in the statement, it's kind of like he's saying that Atlanta United wanted it, and he did say it was kind of there. There was some point where it's mutually beneficial or whatever, but. I still think that 
regimen, you know, a Dutch manager that comes from a European system that's a lot more regimented than what we see in South America. I'm not saying LGP is gone because he spoke out against Frank DeBoer, but what I am saying is if you're comparing players that were surplus to requirements, so to speak, or you think they're surplus to requirements, it's easier to get rid of someone that stepped out and talked out against you. I just find it hard to believe that. It, it, give it whatever percentage you want. I, I can't I can't fathom the front office, uh, as much as LGP has been a fan favorite, um, that, that Frank DeBoer is that petty. Give it whatever percentage you want. I, I, I give it zero because well, I just I don't know. Can't. Petty is the right word, though. I think it's more about establishing control I think, of your luck. I he, think he it's has a piece he, of it, he, He's got, he's got the, the uh, what do they call it in uh, in any other sport, uh, the the uh, backing of the front office. What is it? Uh, what, vote of confidence? Vote of confidence. The famous that, vote of confidence. Vote of yeah, confidence. then you get fired I feel like he's got later. that, well, no one's, no one's mentioned, no one's given the vote of confidence uh, to Frank DeBoer or for Frank DeBoer, but I'm saying it. That I think he has the vote of confidence from – uh, from the front office to kind of do what he wants. And Look, they gave him one early as, last season. Yeah, as as much turmoil as there was last year, you still ended the season on a very, very posit- in a very positive yeah, way. You are you are so this close into those on camera. I'm doing well, not on camera, on the podcast. I'm doing this with my fingers. <laughs> Uh, you were this close to hosting a second MLS Cup, even with all the crap that went on uh, in 2019. So I mean, look, as much as as much as the players were outspoken, anyone would be as frustrated as they were. It, they weren't. They nobody likes change based off what they were, they, what was going on. I, and if you don't consider the context of the whole thing, then you're not you're not doing yourself. A, 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 you're not making. I don't think you're making a good argument. Not you specifically, but I don't think people are making a good argument when when that you compare 2019 2017 to 2017 2018 because there was so much more than just oh Frank DeBoer popped up right it was so much more than well, just that, that. Was, uh, but you if, lost Miguel Amiron obviously that's the the big thing there are a lot of change the team contextual reasons for the slow you start no last year right but I back. think Eric you talk about context or depth and I think maybe what Sam's saying about DeBoer and LGP maybe not seeing to eye, eye to eye is just a part as, as a part of the context and that maybe Leandro Gonzalez Perez didn't fit Frank DeBoer's system that well, where he wants to pass the ball out of the back as opposed well, the aerial to aerial battling is key uh, here. Well, too. and immutably not a good defender in the air. And again, he's notably, indisputably not a good defender in the air. And again, he's a very good defender. I'm not saying he's a bad defender. Uh, so you know, DeBoer talks about duels all the time. He's a guy that likes to play make from center back, play mm-hmm. those long diagonals, things like that. If you want to have a high percentage of possession, you want more so center backs that just play simple eight, ten yard passes. And then, you know, you guys talk about what Leandro Gonzalez-Pierre said in the, and the dissent from the players last year. Pointed criticism, he said, before the All-Star game, was the most pointed criticism of Frank DeBoer when he said, things have changed a lot. The club, the way the club has played the game, we don't like it. Two years of playing the same way, which in return gave you results, coming out as champions, winning the league in a deserving manner, when there was no reason to be changed, or when there was no reason to change, things changed. It seems like the idea to attack our opponents has been put to the side, and we usually begin defending, and for us, we don't like that. He goes on to say those things. That, to me, is, like I said, the most pointed criticism, public criticism of Frank DeBoer, because he continues to talk about the team. He says, we. We don't like this. The mm-hmm. team doesn't like this. Whereas P.T. Martinez came out and said, I don't individual. like this. I don't fit yeah. well with this. When a player comes out and says the team isn't behind you, that's a much bigger deal. And I'm not saying that he was transferred because of these statements, quite no. the contrary. But I think the statements represent how Leandro Gonzalez Perez maybe wasn't the best fit for the system in the first place. And certainly uh, when, when he says that the team played defensively, that indicates to me that he isn't because it was not a team that played defensively at all. But it was a team with the center backs that was a little bit more 
uh, conservative than Tata Martino was, who, like I just said, wanted to, Leandro Gonzalez Pires, to play 30, 40 yard long balls out of the back, hit that direct man over the top. Now he wants those guys to just complete passes and play out. So when I read these comments from Pires, I'm not hearing, I don't like Frank DeBoer, Frank DeBoer doesn't like me. I'm being sold. Right. Late, you know, however much down the line, I'm hearing, I'm not a good fit for what the manager wants to do and maybe he doesn't even understand what he wants to do. And that's the reason that he's gone. And it's not just because they disliked each other. I'm not even saying they do dislike each right. other. But I think these statements in a lot of ways show that he wasn't a good fit for what Frank Well, and here's another to thing, do. too. What was the first part about what you said? You were talking about how it was, how it was under Tata Martino. In the first part of that scene, he's talking about how he used to play. You know who doesn't know anything about what it was like to play under Tata Martino? Meza. So you're bringing in another player who doesn't have that experience yeah. to draw from, so he there, there's not going to be that yearning for something that was or whatever. All this guy will know with Atlanta United is Frank DeBoer's style. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say that for the style that I know. Well, we, I what we do is. know is that it was not a fit for the style that I think Frank DeBoer wants to play. Felipe Cardenas on uh, Sirius XM with uh, Jason Davis. Uh, this is coming from Shiva in the chat, basically, so I haven't heard it, but basically saying that LGP um, had a good relationship with FTB. Uh, that's Felipe saying that. So, you can have a great relationship and not, like what Josh is saying, not be a fit for the system. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, I, I just, that, that's one thing, not being a fit for the system, but getting rid of him because he, he, he was vocal about his disapproval of whatever changes have come his way. That's, those are apples and oranges. But, I don't, but you can also get a bonus. Like the, the, if, if it's better business to get rid of him, bring in a new player and a player that's a better fit for your system, that's great. That's the number one reason you're doing this. Bonus to that yeah. would be getting a player. I don't out of think. The I, see, room. I disagree that 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 even comes. That he's that's there's any percentage to that at all. So you, that it's not you a think bonus. That, a that's purely, not even. It's purely business. Purely, a purely fit decision. the system. Yeah. Purely. Um, you know what? We got a lot out of LGP. We think we're selling him at his highest. We don't know how much more we're going to get out of because I mean he did take a dip in 2019. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, not much of one, but enough but of one. But he wasn't as good. Yeah. As I'll say I think it's a little naive to just go dismiss it completely because we've seen in world soccer managers be pretty damn petty. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it, <laughs> that, 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 that his comments, like I said, I don't think that they represented uh, – it wouldn't surprise me that they maybe had a decent relationship yeah, when all things are said and done. I, they might not. I don't know. But it shows that they're – whether they think about each other personally – but what they think, how the way they see the game is very, the way very they different. Think about soccer is not. And I think, yeah, right. You're right, Eric. He was not transferred because of these comments. Yes. If that was the case, Barco and PT would be They'd out be the door too. But not only that, but LGP would be a little. I mean, if he's if he was vocal in, in, during the All Star break in middle in the middle of the season, while he, knowing that he's going to have to face Frank DeBoer the week after, the day after, yeah. or whatever at practice, four matches, all that stuff. Now that he's sold, you think he's really not going to hold? You think he's going to hold back now? I do. If anything, he's going to yeah. be more vocal now. No, and I, so because I, he didn't do that, it makes me think there no, was but, nothing but to that. That that, that I issue. think if you keep him, I mean, the club gave him what he wanted, right? They gave him a fresh start, so he has no reason to come out and and bash the club. I I, I think I don't think that's. I don't really think just because he's come out now and said he loves Atlanta and has a good relationship doesn't mean that their things weren't rocky. Obviously, it wasn't a. It, you know, it wasn't a good riddance situation where everybody wanted him gone, but I think that there's a lot to say that it, there's a lot to read into this and that it seems like it's best for all parties involved mm-hmm. when you're talking about a guy that wasn't, you know, we were talking about being here for many years to come this I, time a year ago. I have a feeling 
This is just a gut feeling. Mez is probably going to end up being a lot better than LGB. Well, uh, this is one thing I'd like to talk about. I, better is an interesting way to define it, but as far as, like I said, as far as a pure defender, not he's, better, he's different. It. Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to see, I don't think you're going to see, I mean, and again, I'm basing, I've seen Mesa, Mesa play like twice, and but I'm, so I'm basing almost all this off of stats and analytics that I've looked at of him. He, he He's a dominant, dominant, dominant aerial player. And, you know, so I think he's a better player he might be a better pure defender, like I said, than LGP, who what he gave you was kind of hard to define. It's almost like an X it factor. Was, it was aggressiveness. It was great one v one guy slide tackle chances. from nowhere. Yeah. He oh. might he might he might get a red car. I mean, his un- he was his unpredictability. Well, it's like willing to take chances is almost not strong enough. Well, it, like, what, what, what like I think what I think loved we'll see, to take so risks. What, <laughs> the reason that. I say better is because I think what you're going to see less of is the dumb LGP moments. You were, you, you, they mean, were good yeah. for maybe once a game. Once a game, you know LGP was going to do something that was like, why did you do that? I think you're going to see less of that at Ameza just because he's, one, a little bit more, a little bit older. I think he's he looks, at least in the highlights and these videos, and look, I could be completely wrong come the first match, but um, he looks like he's a, a a much more solid defender. Like, he doesn't take just as more many traditional. chances. He has better timing. Uh, he, uh, he I'm not going to say his tackling is better because I think LGP, what he had was the ability to go to ground and and take the ball off. LGP of has some of the best tackles. That's right. But, that, yeah, to his credit. Yeah, even, yeah, but sure. even with his tackling, he had a tendency at times to be over-aggressive, right. dive foot. in, leave space yeah. in behind him. So his unpredictability as a defender was what made him special, but it was also what makes you scratch your head. Whereas, and again, we're really speculating here, but Mesa but it, seems like a guy that's just going to be a, a little more solid, consistent. I think it's not go- give you those extra things, but defend. We're well. not saying LGP is Paul Scholes with his tackles here, okay? Not quite. <laughs> we're saying I, that I, he's very good. At I just it. think it's going to look better because he's not going to have those moments, yeah, and in not having those moments, it's it's uh, the defense as a whole is going to. I'm not saying that uh, that Miles Robinson is going to have to bail him out somehow by running down like a 50 yard, uh, you know, 50 yard ball, or whatever, whatever. He's going to have those moments, but. It's going to be less frequent than yeah. what you had with and, LGP. And LGP this, was out looking to. And this is so much about the center back sometimes. pairing, Eric. So much about the pairing because when you had Pierre's and Parkhurst over the, those years, you had one guy like we said, LGP, kind of the crazy one, and then you had Parkhurst, more of a solid, complete passes, read the game type. Now you have Miles Robinson and Pierre's last year, so you have two. I mean, I know Miles Robinson isn't uh, wild like Pierre's is, but he's similar in that he's like a pacey defender that if you beat him, he'll run yeah. you down. So you didn't really have that guy last year that kind of just reads the game, connects simple passes, is a good aerial player. In some ways, I thought Pierre and Robinson were maybe too similar to one another uh, in terms, especially in terms of their physical attributes. Now you have Robinson, who gives you what Pierre's gave you from a pace standpoint, from a one v one defending standpoint, from ability to recover, um, and then you have a player in Mesa who maybe is a little more similar to Parkhurst and that he's completing simple passes, not doing crazy things, but at the same time also much better in the air. So I'm also thinking about the pairing of the center backs as well, that you have one guy that's a little older, more experienced, good in the air. You have another guy that's younger, faster, more energetic next to him. That's a very, very good and functional center back pairing, and that's something that you didn't really have for, for me in 2019. Yeah, we get to look forward to that uh, moving into 2020, and uh, hopefully we're hopefully with a with a full preseason uh, with the team. He he's he's a guy that can uh, kind of just jump in and and without skipping a beat. Um, hopefully we're not talking about issues that we had last year, and and just I hope it's not clear that he he needs a couple uh, a couple of matches, a couple of months to adjust to anything. I'm hoping he can just step in right away, and, and because this is rather late. 
considering because I mean if you if you take LGP's comments into consideration, this happened right after the new year is when he found out. Um, and so if you look at today's date, the fourteenth, you're, you're talking about twelve days. That's a that's a quick and, and that's a quick process to get all this done, considering what what all went into getting this done. Oh, it's so crazy, which is strange too, in yeah. itself. It's so crazy that you know the move was announced, and literally a few hours later, he was in the Jolo's lineup. Yeah, it was a yeah. Well, that was a wild part of it. The sign and trade <laughs> element <laughs> to it. Where sh- MLS is so crazy. But uh, well, by the way, and I do want to. I, I really want. I really want to get someone on just to explain how this all. I don't know if we'll ever get that, but I don't think we will because I, I think there's a lot of armchair analysts out there that think they know how this went down. I mean, shoot, we got people tweeting us like hand drawn diagrams as to like how they think <laughs> this went down, and then you've got like uh, <laughs> I did. That was beautiful. Like I way. talked about this earlier, where it's like there we we talk about Atlanta United and their ability to sort of lap the rest of the league, not with with a lot of stuff. Green cards with you know all sorts of things, and the the common way to describe it is that Darren Eels and this club are playing like you know chess when everybody else is playing checkers or three D chess or four D chess or underwater right. chess or backgammon or whatever the hell game you want to use to describe this. Chinese and, checkers. There you go. But in this situation, that's not the case here. And all these people being like, "Oh yeah, Atlanta United's playing chess when they're playing checkers or backgammon or whatever." It's like, dude. You don't know any more what the hell went on here than any of the rest of us. It's like this is one of those situations where this is I, I don't I, I still don't know what happened. I don't know how this happened. I don't know how you get a player to another club and get a player back from that club who never played for that club one time. It was funny. Mezzo came out and said I didn't realize I had been sold to Tijuana. Yeah. Oh, he probably had no idea. He saw that tweet and he was like, what? I had no idea I'd been sold to Tijuana. How did uh, how did this happen here? Yeah, that what a bizarre. I mean, who knows? I mean, part of it is that there's the dispute with Nicaxa and MLS already going yeah. on because of <laughs> I do uh, I I, I, I Ryan Fernandez. Yeah. The reason I'm so curious about how this all went down because I want to know what Don Garber's thinking through this whole thing or whoever's in charge of like monitoring these things. They must be scratching their heads like, what the hell? Have we seen this in MLS before? Are ten, they breaking a rule? Ten years from now, I just have a list of things to ask Darren Hughes. <laughs> going back to those, like, how did this? Like, what oh, actually went down here? I, I want to volunteer, volunteer right now to ghostwrite Darren Eels, like, memoirs. Just for the inside knowledge? Oh, Just yeah. so I can know you all know, of this. The best, other best part free. about this is the that retrospective fly on the wall. It's, it's so unheard of for this to happen in soccer. But since we're all, retrospective? Well, the sign and trade doesn't exist in soccer <laughs> but since, until But now. since we're all American fans, like, oh, a sign and trade. Yeah, right. That's totally, I jokingly totally said normal. that. I was like, oh, That's sign and trade. And I was like, wait, is this for real? Yeah, it's like your classic NBA, you know, Bird rule, sign and trade. We were able to explain what was a pretty complicated thing, but as Americans, like, yeah, sign and trade. I know what that is. (laughs) Everyone else in the world is like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On his Wikipedia page, he will say, it will say that he was with Tijuana for a couple hours at the very least. Does it say on his Wikipedia? I hope it it does. I hope it does. That'd be fantastic. One of the greatest signings in the history of Sholos. Tijuana, oh, it's not on there. If Tijuana ever does anything amazing, it's like, I pay for Tijuana It's not once. on there. Uh, I mean, it could come down to technically, like, depending on, like, how registration of players works in the Mexican League. Yeah, maybe he wasn't registered. That's it, what I'm saying. Like, it may turn out that, you know, he, he officially never was ever a part of Jolos in terms of how the Mexican maybe League does I, look, I have no idea. That's what it is. I don't know what's happening here. Darren, open invitation. If you want to talk about how it went down. At any Carlos, time, Carlos. We, can, we can talk about this in 2040. Yes, I'm, yeah. Open invitation so whenever many, you're ready. 
you're welcome on the podcast. Question one: we'll How did the rest of MLS not figure out how to build, <laughs> how to get good players from South I mean, America? Is, but time out. This is clearly to to avoid some kind of transfer fee, right? Like, there's no other way. I don't. I, know. I'm still trying I to figure it, out. What, I think it has more to do with this dispute between the Cox and MLS. Maybe they can't do business. Uh, okay, I get since there's a legal dispute because of and the Brian I, and I, Fernandez like, I thought about, situation. I thought about that, but I was like, well, maybe. Who knows? I, it's so MLS because I'm wondering if, this, if the sale to if the sale for LGP <laughs> uh, somehow that played into 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 it. Uh, I don't know. Give us your best guess on the chat. Give us your That's best guess. On I Twitter. love guessing. Well, and someone's best guess is about as well informed as anything else you're going to hear. I don't care. Except if you have my a, guess. I don't care if you have a check mark by your name on Twitter or not, because you know why? Something like this <laughs> has never happened before. Therefore, there's no inside information to be had because other than people that were around the negotiation and know what happened, but outside of that, there's no special knowledge here because it's never happened before. So yeah. you can't have any sort of special knowledge about something that's never happened. So it just got I just it just got under my skin all these people being like, Oh, this is Atlanta United playing four D chess again. I'm like, shut up, you don't know that. I'm like, like you don't know what happened. Just because this is such a strange and unique circumstance it, it just, that you will only get in MLS. It has that feel, though. It has that feel like they're playing it, oh, well, a it, better it version of your game right now. It does, but but, out, but for people to just act like, oh, yeah, I know what happened here. It's just Atlanta United playing chess again. It's like this seems a little different than that to a, to a, like, a whole new level. This is like if, if – what, what MLS number? Are we MLS 3.0 right now? Where are we? I, I lost track. Well, with Chicharito coming in, it's probably like six point oh. I was gonna point. say, but this is at, like, if if this went down Beckham super was weird, 2.0 and then yeah. I don't know. What well, happened. I'm saying if this went down like the way it did, super weird, and there's some really like genius explanation behind all of it that we uncover years down the road. This is Atlanta United doing MLS like nineteen point oh. Yes, yeah. the, the, the levels <laughs> of great. the numbers. Yeah, I mean, and it's it, I mean, it's just what comes with the territory. I think when you have lots of roster restrictions and teams are starting to bring in a higher quality of player. And Eric yeah. mentioned Chicharito there, man. That that's. Kind of a big thing. He's, is that done? It's not uh, official. It's uh, it looks like it's pretty much. It looks like a LA L traffic wow. is going to get a little more traffic. I mean, the idea of Sam and you and I spoke about this. We'll touch on this briefly. Yeah, we but, talked about it in the elevator. Oh yeah, we talked spoke about it in the elevator. The yeah. idea of Vela on one side, Chicharito on the other side. You guys know not to have pre-show meetings without me. Los Angeles. <laughs> we're just on the elevator. You we're can't like, have pre-show about, meetings think, without think me. Think about El Tráfico with the two most high-profile Mexican goal scorer. Not just goal scorers. They're the two most high-profile Mexican players. And so you take that. I think so. Certainly Chicharito. I would say Chicharito yeah. easily. Yeah. Vela, you could argue maybe a Guardado, maybe a Leung. But big, big time. Though. But, but, big, but big name. yeah, Vela's still up there. But you've got two of the, okay, we'll definitely say the two most high-profile Mexican goal scorers going up against each other in El Trafico. I mean, El Trafico was big with Zlatan, but I still think, or not still, but I think this is, in terms of gravity, in terms of how it will affect the city that he's in. Yeah, I agree. This is the second biggest signing MLS has ever gotten behind David Beckham. Yeah, and when you think about the community that he's, like you were saying, going into both those teams, very, very high Latino participation in the fan base, specifically Mexican, coming from Mexican fans, it's going to be massive in that city. So, I mean, I hope that goes through. That'll be great for the league. So a couple of other things I wanted to bring up before we uh, wrapped it up here um, that come from training. One, I wanted to mention the Joseph comments about uh, Julian Gressel's contract. Uh, when asked about if he's worried or interested, I forget the phrasing, and I was trying to find the tweet, but I can't, I can't find it right at the present moment. Um, basically asked about uh, whether he was interested or cared about Julian Gressel's contract situation, uh, <laughs> considering how much service he gets from Julian Gressel and, and how, uh, what a great tandem they are. 
Uh, his response essentially being, I don't really care about uh, what anyone else gets paid. I care about what well, I get paid. Let's pull up the exact tweet because this, this, this quote, or the exact tweet, the exact quote from Joseph Martinez because I thought that this, it's been so mischaracterized. Uh, it's even more ca- mischaracterized if you think about how it's said in Spanish. Because I think it's taken out of context in Spanish because the way it's said in Spanish doesn't, like, you wouldn't be offended. I it's, mean, it's, if you it's heard just, Joseph it's Martinez do an interview, you shouldn't be sure. offended. But you're absolutely so that's right. Where I, well, that's the, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was hilarious that, uh, and I think it was Joe Patrick himself that pointed out that uh, yesterday there was about 15 different media outlets at, at, uh, at the training ground. Today it's just the regular crew of like four or five people. So clearly they were interested in the, in the immediacy and the, in the, uh, the newness of Atlanta United picking up uh, preseason. Mm-hmm. And Sense has gone away. This is what happens when you get reporters that are more interested in their clout and more interested in like, and maybe don't understand that Joseph Martinez is. That's what I'm saying yeah, here. The, 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 the reporter in question that really kind of blew this whole thing up, Zach Klein from WSB, is at Atlanta United games hardly ever. I mean that he might that might be the only time he shows up at like training all year long. Really? So, I mean he he'll probably be there a few times. But what I'm saying is you're getting a guy who isn't tasked with covering the team like all the time. Like a lot of the other, you know, journalists or whatever that know more about it. So when he hears a comment like that, not as well versed in, you know, Joseph speak as the rest of us are, it's like, you know, for us and even for Julian Gressel, you hear Joseph Martinez say that and you're just kind of like, eh, par for the course. You know, and and I said this yeah. on radio earlier. Joseph Martinez is playing Joseph Martinez, the king of MLS goal scoring. He's not, you know, Joseph Martinez who has a daughter and is, you know, sitting on the couch watching TV on yeah. a Saturday night. A it's a, it's a character. A the, I don't I didn't Is that not his uh, he's, I have I've no idea. a little girl oh, before. Oh god. Well, I'm just no, saying I, it, I, I think it, it's a niece. I, yeah, it I think niece? it's okay. I don't know. Well, well, pardon me. I'm just saying family man Joseph hey, or hey, whatever. Hey, we get the facts right here, okay? okay. So anyways, <laughs> and just quickly so I'll, I'll, go ahead. When when the, the quote is and basically you guys nailed it. But just so if you haven't heard it, it you just Joseph when asked and this is from Joe Patrick uh, when asked about Gressel's concept, contract situation, I'm just worried that they pay me. That's all I care about. And again, there's nothing personal there because of a number of different reasons. And I t- we touched on this on radio. And again, it's it's are there two Atlanta athletes in terms of on-field chemistry right now that are better than those two? The only two I can even mm. bring up that come close would be like Ozzy Albies and Ronald Acuna in terms of how close they are and how well they know each other to the point of, like, they play off of each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Joseph's also gone on record and talked about how much he loves Gressel, exactly. who has assisted, what, like 25 goals to him or something like that. Also, so, it's, it's also not his business to talk about anyone else's contract because that creates an issue I on just, itself. You know, that's, like this. that's how Joseph feels here, too. It's yeah. like, by, by even, like, bringing this up to him, it's putting him in a difficult situation between the people that pay him and someone that helps him get that money by assisting him on as many damn goals as he does. Yeah. So I think ultimately here— You, you want to know, you wonder what, uh, what he thinks? He thinks that the man should get paid, that the man should stay with Atlanta United, that he, can, he should continue tr- contributing to Atlanta United and to his goals— Basically, but King, Joseph, number, but King Joseph, the character, isn't going to say that because that doesn't fit into the brand of what Joseph. I, I, I don't even know if built. it's. I don't even know if it's King Joseph the character. It's. It's. It, partly that maybe, but he is a character. It's, if, it's, yeah, and this is his playground. He he knows it that is. he knows that he can do what he wants for the most part and get away with it. But he's also a smart guy 
he's media savvy enough to know that he shouldn't be, that that's not what you talk no, about. I think I, well, I'm you, not yes, jumping you, in. You go this. you go yeah. back you go back to any any question regarding uh, uh, future matches or or goal records or anything like that and he's not he always gives you the same kind of uh the same kind of tone as response where like that's I'm not really worried no, about that. No, this is basically like him saying no comment, him passing the buck. Right. He just makes yeah. a joke says as long as I get paid, we all know he's making a ton of money as as he deserves. And uh yeah, I think part of this is like Sam said, you have Someone at training, I didn't know this, but who wasn't so super familiar with the team, so maybe doesn't understand that Joseph Martinez is like this is vintage. Yeah, Joseph. Oh no, and and look, he, he was he, like, if I'm Julian and, Gressel, and I would have about look, look, He heard about it in the comments, so like he knows now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sure, definitely sure. knows. Oh, he, he he got a bath in the comments about it. You know, our, our man uh, Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer had to explain Don't what make a him mad. what a ratio was. To, uh, oh, he didn't know what a ratio was? But, That's great. Well, I don't know if he knew or not, but but Sam took it upon himself to explain it to him anyway. Gotcha. Well, yes. <laughs> no one ratios people like Lenny United fans. The other, the, other, <laughs> the other part of this is, can you all just calm down about Julian Gressel? He's under contract for another year. Right. Every every move we make doesn't have to do with Julian Gressel. Yeah, and I like, mean, ultimately... Oh, does someone think the like, Meza it, thing? It's every, uh, yeah, I mean, because the, the Meza thing would move... Uh, walks now becomes another right back, and then people were talking about Brooks Lennon, and now people were saying, oh, well, now Joseph is mad at him, and then people were saying, oh, well, Miles Robinson got an extension. Just shut up. Like, just see what happens. He's under contract for another year. My like, gosh, Josh is fired I'm up so about t- this. Like, why is everything about Julian Gressel's contract? I'm so befuddled by this. He's under contract for another year. Like, well, yeah. unless you sell him to Germany you're, you're, or, or trade him within the league— He's going to play, and he's not going to hold out. He's going to play another well, year in Atlanta. Well, you know he's not going to. I don't know he's not going to hold I mean, out, but I, I I feel pretty confident I that he won't. I I so do I, and because he loves his teammates and this team as much as he does, and the fans, he's not going to do that. I, I think he wants to. I think his agent would tell him to, but I think something in Julian Gressel would be like. Well, plus, that. we don't know what's going to happen here with the labor negotiations. So, again, I still think talking about all this like this is kind of a moot point because we don't know yeah, how true. much money we they're should, going so to We should end every podcast. Disclaimer, we it don't is, even know if there's going to be a season. It is, and it, it is and it isn't because you could also – he had all everyone in, in Gressel's camp in terms of getting re-signed or uh, an extension or whatever – they have a valid point that look at all these people got signed. You're bringing in new players, Absolutely. so you clearly have right, some. But he's a guy they know they have to invest a lot more money, and so they're waiting to see how much of that they have. That some of these other guys, like walks, like who, like whoever else they brought in, Lennon, you know, whoever else they brought, these aren't guys that are going to make how much Gressel should make on a new deal. He's going to get a big raise. Yes. So I don't. I don't disagree with you guys. I do understand both both sides of the argument. Oh, I understand though. both sides. I, I'm just I saying get, the fans need to calm down about I, it. Like, I, it. It'll work itself out in time. My only this thing is it, true. This is what's true. It's, it's, it's be patient. It's not an urgent. It's not an <laughs> urgent. It's not yeah, an urgent he's situation. Still got a year but, under contract. But that's Either the thing. Look, hold I, out I'm or not. I'm on Atlanta's side on this because ultimately I'm club over any individual player. I don't care how much I like him, but there is a there is a point to be made about potentially him getting injured in preseason. Let's say he. Never mind. I'm going to say it. Let's say he's out for the entire season, and uh, you really, you really think Atlanta is going to give him a contract at yeah. the end of the season? No, he still has a lot to lose, right? I mean, he's twenty. What is he? Twenty-five I get, I, years yeah, old. I get why he wants a new contract because there's no, there's no such thing as certainty in professional sports, no matter where you are in your contract. And I think Atlanta there's United no, knows no that. No such thing as certainty. He he is guaranteed. He is under contract for the 2020 season with Atlanta United, but doesn't mean that something doesn't happen midseason. And then they're like, "Well, you know what? You're going to be out all next Jordan season." Back in the chat says, "Thanks, Dread God." By the way, so yeah, well, Gressel injury tomorrow. You can blame me. Keep Gressel off the training pitch tomorrow, please, Frank DeBoer. Practice was issue. canceled tomorrow. It is. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 
media availability was canceled. Oh. Not practice. But that's My the bad. main issue I would have when when talking about taking sides here or whatever, and I'm not really trying to do that, but it's more about I do feel for Gressel because if he steps out on that field and gets hurt. It's the same conversation we had when Miggy was clearly being being sold to Newcastle. I'm like, why, why are you allowing him to move at all? Because if he gets hurt, all of a sudden his value yeah. goes down to nothing. But I think, and he's like, wasn't he like hitting like like bicycle kicks yeah, in training I was like, or something? What are you doing? Like, Dude, you can't stop him. You can't stop him. But the other thing is Atlanta United. Yeah, now you really can't stop him. He's on a gold tear. Yeah, you're right. Julian Gressel also, you know, you talk about things not being certain. Julian, I mean, let's be real. Julian Gressel has had two really good MLS seasons. Yeah. So that doesn't give him some sort of ridiculous leverage. Other Even than, he thinks he has more leverage than other, he does. But other no, 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 than but, but, moving within the league, yeah. he doesn't. He does not have leverage at all. He really needs to play another good season. But in his order concern, to, to his be concern that was valuable. more the longevity of the contract, of course, not so much the money. I think the money is going to get uh, is going to be there no matter what. I think they know how much he's worth. I think there's an agreement there. But how they pay him and for how long is the is the issue? Because well, was, what he said, what he, what he said in his in his uh, and I forget where on Twitter or wherever it was that he said it. Uh, he mentioned that. Uh, oh, it was the athletic, wasn't it? I think so. He mentioned the 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 idea that you know something could happen tomorrow and and nothing's for sure. Yeah, I think it's the uncertainty of the length of the contract. I think he I'm, mm. he also mentioned that it's not. I'm, we're not talking about a million dollars here. We're talking about a couple hundred thousand. That, that's. A good I think point we're all too. in agreement, including yeah. Atlanta United. Is like, yeah, we we can. We're good with three hundred thousand or Which, around that ballpark. I think it's be more than that. It's the length of that money that 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 the, I think and he's more also, concerned with anything because I think he wants he understands that this the, his career could be it could be short. It I could be long, yeah. but it could be short. So he wants probably, that he, just like any other professional athlete. You want that security. You want that longevity. You want to be sure that that money's going to keep rolling in no matter what happens, injury, whatever. If the club wants to give him three, I, I would assume he's coming in here like probably thinking around five. So if they could settle no, somewhere, I think it's going to be five think, to seven hundred thousand. I mean, he's, so? he's, oh, really? he's going to be a high level TAM player. I mean, look at his look at his statistics. I mean, he's he, he should be making as I mean, based on what he's done in MLS for me. And I'm not necessarily saying he deserves it, uh, but he to me he should be making as much as you can possibly make without being a designated player. I mean, he the the amount of assists that he. His stats are incredible. I mean, well, he's one, again, it's one of the most effective attacking players what, in the league. No, but, How important but he is to Joseph, though. He, That's he, no, I agree. He loves, he loves being in Atlanta. Would you take? Do you think you? Well, we don't know what he thinks, but you personally, would you take uh, a shorter contract for a longer, for a more more money, or a longer contract for less money? Probably shorter if, if, for if, more. If his thing is stability, and look, that's, I'm just going based off what he said. If the thing is financial stability over the course of an extension to what he's got now, maybe a little bit more money. I would give him. Less I would give him what a shorter. Short-term I would give him a shorter. I mean, obviously, I would we're too. Speculating here, but uh, I would give him more money in a shorter contract because you, you. Well, I don't know. It depends. I could see both for me because, as Sam kind of just mentioned, and it's a few times, Gressel's success is so directly connected to Joseph Martinez. You know, there's a. You know, you kind of wonder, well, if Joseph's gone in three, four years, he's probably not going to give you twenty assists, fifteen assists a season anymore. You know, like so much of his value is down to Joseph Martinez having an incredible movement. And Gressel being a great crosser of the ball from the right side of the pitch, he's not necessarily going to find a nine that he matches up with that well in the future. Yeah, it's such a perfect blend. There's, there's like Gressel's skill set fits what Joseph does in the box like so well, yeah. and like Joseph's movement off the ball yeah. is something that Gressel has picked up on, and that's why that chemistry between the it's two. Ninety like percent of his assists are to Joseph. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they that. just have such a crazy chemistry together, and that's why you just go back to the stupidity of trying to think that 
you know, that Joseph doesn't give a crap about Julian Gressel. And it's like, that could not be further from the truth. You, you, mm-hmm. You've got to know behind the scenes, again, in front of the cameras, in front of the media, Joseph's going to be King Joseph. Julian probably saw this and just started laughing. That's he what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So did I. Like, I. I think all of us did. If you yeah. know Joseph, you know. I mean, was Every, this, everyone laughed and did the, oh, Joseph. Was this the, yeah. most, was this the most savage thing and, Joseph's ever said? No. Oh, but my it was, God, no. It was, but it was, it was up there. You think about it, you're like, okay, Joseph getting back at it. He's already in midseason it was, form. It was just, just yeah, just Joseph being Joseph, as they say. And so, yeah, you're totally right, Eric, when you're like, Gressel probably laughed. Because, yes, they are close enough to know that in front of the cameras and all that stuff, trying to ask a player a question that's going to put him in a difficult position. One of y'all, I can't remember which one, so I can't give you credit. I apologize. But one of y'all said that it was just Joseph's savviness knowing the media. I think it was you, Eric. Yeah. He was talking about the Joseph knows by now what he can and can't say. There's a, there's so a, you're not going to take a side in the media and piss one of the other sides off. Therefore, Joseph goes, I don't give a crap about that. I just care about when I get paid. Deflecting everything away. And then behind the scenes, I'm sure it's different. I I, I would there's a reason he doesn't guarantee speak to, you it's different. There's a reason he doesn't speak to the media after losses or when he's really, really upset. Yeah, because he'll say because something. Because he'll say right. he doesn't want to say anything stupid. Um, all right, we'll wrap it up with uh, – I don't, I don't, Just loan Gressel I, to Indy 11. Uh, yeah. Andrew Carlton uh, going on loan oh. to Indy 11, Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. Hey, do they have promethazine syrup in Indianapolis? <laughs> <laughs> Asking Look, for a friend. I, I think we all understand that this why this move is being made. I think we all can speculate as to, again, the reasons and um, how good this will probably be for him. Uh, hopefully will be for him in the long term. Um, not seen many minutes, especially under Frank DeBoer. Was criticized by both Frank, uh, Tata Martino and Frank DeBoer yeah. in terms of his uh, professionalism. Uh, professionalism yeah. is is discipline on and off the field. So look, hopefully this is a good, this is a wake up moment for him. You think going down to ATL UTD two and then kind of staying there for an extended amount of time, the the amount of time that he was there for, it w- would do it. But apparently that's not it. They want to try to develop uh, Andrew Carlton and maybe if not nothing else, showcase him so they can then sell him for for something. Um, I also think this might be. A little bit of Elaine and I just trying to kind of save face when it comes to him being the first homegrown player. Where have the successes come I, from yeah, the homegrown like, for I, Atlanta I, United? That's the problem here. It's like you, they have not really hit anything. I mean, Bello has a chance because he's going to feature, you would think, a lot more this season. But the homegrown program for Atlanta really United developed hasn't anyone yet. done anything. You haven't really developed anything yet. Now, it's only been three years, so it's still very, very early in, 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 that, uh, in that life cycle, if you will. Uh, but hopefully Andrew Carlton kind of get it together. Um, he needs this. I think he 100% needs yeah, this. Yeah, same here. I, I I don't think this is a bad thing for him. Well, here's the thing, too. You're a homegrown player, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. You're still in your hometown, essentially, and you're getting paid professional money to be a professional when all of your friends are still in high school or, yeah. like, you know, so it, it, it's just a lot of pressure. I can't and get, in your hometown, to, he needs to go somewhere where he can completely focus on soccer. And Indianapolis is about as far from Atlanta as you can get. And there's nothing to do there. For a number of different reasons. Yeah. That's I, what I'm look, saying. And it's you, boring. You would know. St. Elmo's Great Steakhouse. Ooh, I, I hope. Get the shrimp cocktail. I hope. <laughs> is, that, is that a real restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. St. Elmo's heard from, I, I just heard from Parks and Rec. Indianapolis and is boring. St. Elmo's is actually you. one of it the. It is very boring. Two things. One of the highest reputation steakhouses in the country. And that shrimp cocktail, that cocktail sauce will burn your face That's true. They do mention it on Parks and Rec. Yeah. A few times. That's Ron Swanson's favorite. No, his favorite is Mulligan's. Mulligan's. Yeah, they got 
that, down. That does not exist. Yeah, that's and St. So Elmo's. then they start going to St. Elmo's. Yeah, nice. which is a real delicious steakhouse. I don't know. I mean, I'll take a turf and turf. I kind, I kind of think, I kind of think it's over for Andrew Carlton in Atlanta. I mean, it's you be. don't, I hope not. you don't always loan players out just to get them this experience. You can sell them on later. Sometimes it's like. This young guy's under contract. Maybe nobody in the league is interested in trading for him. Let's do him a solid, do ourselves a solid, get him out of here so he can play for his own development, and then we're not dealing with a player that, according to his last two head coaches, like you said, Eric, struggles with professionalism. So to me, this isn't go develop Andrew Carlton. This is a sign that it's it's about over in Atlanta. I, I hope not. Him. I really, I really— I base that on nothing. <laughs> but because I mean, point. like, the, look, the times that he was on the field for Atlanta United, he he looked good. He had moments, and so you hope that maybe something could have come out of those moments, but apparently not. I guess it wasn't wasn't enough with ATL UTD two. I'm I not mean, gonna lie, I didn't watch. Look what happened with the U20s, Eric. I mean, he's he's fallen down the totem pole everywhere he's been in the last three four years. He didn't even make the U20 World Cup after playing basically three years up. Look, the I remember. Edition. I remember when I was being told, "Oh yeah, he's definitely starting." 100% starting in 2018. Freddie Adu on the other he's flank. He's definitely, he's, as soon as he turns 18, he's going to Europe and Manchester United and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I'm sitting Good there times. I'm sitting there looking at you guys going like, not you guys, but <laughs> yeah. everyone saying that. I'm like, come on, guys. And they're going, you said sign Freddie Adu back to you. So I, I did. Is, is I did. <laughs> no, no. But that was for... Completely different I'm just reasons. Messing with you. Oh no, Josh. Josh thinks because Atlanta listen, United if, about if to you, get fifty mil for Barco from someone. If you 50, sign, if you sign, five hundred million. If you <laughs> sign Freddie, you do. If you sign Freddie, you do. And he turns into something, then all of a sudden you look like a genius. Well, but, that's but, how it works. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it's the, a low cost. It's a low cost proposition. With the Notice ship how on he this. used the word. He's going when. down with the ship. He goes when Freddie Adu turns into something. The only thing Freddie Adu is going to turn into is like Thanos. You get him the right coaching. You get him the right yeah, atmosphere, and maybe he can he can exceed, succeed. You're right, and, and I and I think that's maybe the club thinking too. But it's 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 really what uh, club thinking? This is not real. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked about Lanny. I talked about Andrew Carlton. I was talking about Freddie Adu, but oh, oh. can we please? <laughs> Can I just, it was a joke. We don't have to go defend your Freddie Adu cake from 2015. We're trying to get another 200 podcasts here. Next time okay? on Mouth of the South Podcast, Atlanta. Eric, Eric defends his take from episode a four. A dramatic reading of the article written by Eric Quintana <laughs> hey. defending Freddie Adu's signing maybe he's lots on United. maybe he's lots on wants to return to MLS after his uh, oh, spell, man, with, uh, spell with spell with AC I love it. AC Milan and then other I guess you've also got Adam John Adam uh, John for $100,000 who uh, yeah. we remember the, the the dagger penalty kick for Columbus yep. in 2017 so, oh, someone asked in the chat about the $100,000 uh, transfer fee that's not a lot for Atlanta United that's a that's, that's pennies. That's yeah, pennies for a depth piece. Oh. That no, no, that's nothing. Yeah, I, that, and, uh, well, for MLS circles, I guess it's not pennies, but for Atlanta United, which is even not for, the even same. for MLS. Circles, I mean, if you think still, about it in terms tiny. of the gam and the tam, there's yeah, much nothing. more money allocated for player salaries. You think you're getting that out of Robert Kraft, man. But he's he's going to be the backup. I mean, assuming that goes through, he would. That's your backup nine for Joseph Martinez as the club continues their best efforts to have a completely mediocre backup striker. Still should bring uh, back for, for Joseph Martinez, Kenwin Jones, Brandon Vasquez, bring him out of retirement. Uh, Edgar Castillo, who uh, that's a left back. So again, this is an interesting one to track. I think in conjunction with the Ar- Arzamendia rumors because Arzamendia. Arza, is it Arzamendia? I thought we talked about this last time. Arzamendia. Okay, excuse me. Arzamendia. Arzamendia. So I think that look, I, I'm I'm like 
70% sure that's how you say it. Because I think, all right, all right, 70% is a good Eric number. You were also 99% sure Tata Martino was going to stay, but I, di- I digress. And 60% of the time it works every day. Yeah. <laughs> None of you are very good with percentages, I'm learning. Nope. But uh, I, the, because to me, Edgar Castillo is depth, death piece at left oh, back. Oh, for sure. And yeah. I don't think Bello Castillo is the two you want to go into the season with. Bello like, Castillo sounds like a player does, in his own right. It does sound good. That <laughs> Bello does sound Castillo good. out on the flank. That does sound good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those two, and I, I mean, I think you need to bring in a left back that it's hard to judge Bello, but certainly a, a more starting quality, reliable than Castillo, who was starting for Colorado. How does Amendia sound so good right now? Absolutely, and, and, but you know, like some interesting again. You track the type of left backs you're interested in: Castillo, attacking left back, can play in a back three. Arzamendia, attacking left back, can play in a back three. Brooks Lennon. Same thing. So, again, you're seeing the identity tactically, I think, even with the depth pieces of this club kind of uh, kind of come into, into shape here. And you, and you see that Frank DeBoer wants to attack, attack, attack this season. And when you're, linked with, Look, when you're linked with fullbacks like this, you know, I think that says a lot. Maybe the reason they defended so much is because they, he didn't have any confidence in a guy like LGP. But I don't think, and I said this all last year. We don't, we don't have to go back into I that. Don't, but. I don't think, yeah, <laughs> I, ignoring the Pires part of that statement. Uh, I I don't think, and I said this all last year. I don't think Frank DeBoer set the team up defensively at all. I just think you had players that either didn't fit the system or were still learning it, and so things became kind of disjointed. But I and, and maybe the team kind of fell back yeah. uh, on on a conservative style to kind of make up for the fact that they didn't quite know what they were doing yet, and they had guys that maybe couldn't do what Frank DeBoer wanted or were unwilling to. I don't think Frank DeBoer was a defensive manager at all last season, and I think this year. Now that you have the right pieces for his system, you'll see him able, and Atlanta United, able to really, really attack and go forward and be aggressive the way that he wants. Yes. Well put. Good response. Thanks, Eric. Anything okay, else? Good. Yeah, let's, uh, what was your take in uh, the fifth episode of <laughs> of Mouths of the South? Maybe we can go over that. Oh, or, geez, you know. what are we talking about in the fifth episode? That would have been, was let's that's see. That's a lot, Lana. <laughs> or was that, that like seven? Lana? <laughs> that would have been early rumors. Well, Darren, uh, uh, did we gotten to Jason Tells Darren what to do yet? I think at that point we had. Hold on. Okay. Can, talk amongst yourselves. Let's see what we, uh, we, we what the headline was. It would be great to go and just pick out some old takes of us, and then obviously from the early days where you guys didn't really have much to talk about. Uh, well, Josh and I can can take the this part of the podcast. How about Miguel Almiron, man? I know we haven't really touched on it a whole lot. Guy didn't score for Newcastle at all on his debut with his season. Right, with his right foot. Today. And then, bam, he's got yeah. what, what? What is it now, four goals in the Premier League? It's three. Four, three in seven days, I think. Yeah, because yeah, today, today's was overall. in the cup. Okay, so three in the Premier League. Uh, I'm just saying and he had a cup goals goal. for Newcastle, I think. Okay, yeah, so like he has four, four in all comps. But, yeah, I mean, the right-footed goal. And then the goal today in the FA Cup, the, the keeper basically just gave him the ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's always nice to play Rochdale. He's like, oh, I remember this. This is like the good old days with uh, Joe Bendick in goal here. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, when I play these league uh, league oh, one oh, sides. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Can we talk about this? No, we can go yeah. now. Okay. We, we, we were wasting right. time. What you got? All right. So first episode was Welcome to the Mouse of South. Second episode, which was more like an interview special, Juan Pablo Torres of Georgia United. That's right. Who now is NYCFC, at NYCFC. Right? NYCFC. Ah. That's right. Second episode, King Corruption. Costa and Gee. chemistry. I have no what? idea what the Costa is referencing. Which Costa? Costa? Diego Costa. Diego Costa. I, I remember. Every, Costa? I don't remember everything. I don't remember him ever being linked to Atlanta United. Never. I mean, were we even talking? Open the uh, we description. Might have been talking What's the a I don't think we. I don't think we threw one in we there. We might have been time. talking a little more internationally. I guess. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Wow, so. you guys. Diego, Diego Costa's debauchery. 
I have no idea what that's referring well, to. That could refer to a lot of different <laughs> wow. things. That is the most generic episode. <laughs> I mean, time. Didn't, didn't he get around that time? Like, he didn't. What he was didn't the date of the episode? I'm going to try to guess. I'm going to try to guess what he did. Talk amongst yourself. I know he did something with the glove. What was the what what, the, what was the air date of that of that episode? It was. Hold on, I actually. I'm going to try to guess what Diego Costa did because he's so many different. Did he things. bite someone? It was. Oh, he is not a biter. November twenty third, two thousand fifteen. Okay, I think it's when him and Koscielny. I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, when, you know what? When you Diego know what? Costa, oh, not Koscielny, and Gabriel got into the big thing. And oh, then, that's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, yeah. I think I, that's it. I, I, that made me I so mad. It. I'm an Arsenal fan. That made me so mad. Episode three, interview with Roger Bennett, and we did a U.S. Men's National Team Mexico preview. Episode four, what's wrong with U.S. soccer, which in 2015, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're still having that this conversation. Is, this is great. <laughs> yeah, oh. like, this is great. I got it. I got him being accused of racism on this day. Ex- uh, Costa. Diego Costa, this was the oh well, dark maybe, real quick. maybe maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong about that. Episode uh, he was handed a three match ban. Episode five and six. This is a I actually if you, this is kind of it'd be interesting to listen to now that we know what expansion actually uh how how expansion actually happened with Land United. But uh, I did an interview with the mainland, the Orlando City podcast, <laughs> who now hate us. Who now hate us? Expanding on expansion part one. I also did one with Hudson River Blue, which is the NYCFC. Uh, uh, I remember dirty, uh, yeah. the NYCFC uh, SB Nation page. Episode seven. Let's just go down the list. Like, <laughs> yeah, read off, read off all two hundred. Episode seven. Life, be great life in the USL with Tyler Ruthven, who Atlanta native, Atlanta and, native, yeah. Atlanta United, yeah. and he came and played for the the twos last year. Then right? we got the Marietta. The episode eight, the Marietta training facility saga. I have no idea what that's. Well, I remember that was to. initially moved. That was supposed to be in DeKalb oh, initially, yes. and then they That's what it, it was. It Next was to the prison? The, yeah, wasn't yeah. yes. the DeKalb site? It was a Contaminated dump? with something? It like yeah. It was close to the jail, and it was DeKalb County. Episode, People were very upset. Episode 9, Emma t- eh, Mott is eating eating it up with Alexi Lawless. What? I, I, oh, I thought you said matzah eating Mott it up. I love matzah. eating it up with Alexi Lawless. That was our I first Lawless. I thought it was M-A-T-Z-A-H, Pretty soon after that, we had Roger Bennett on with us. That was before. That was before. Didn't you just read that? Wasn't that the 2016, one? January 1st. I wasn't paying attention. Sorry. <laughs> 2015, December 15th, our first interview with Doug Robertson. Oh. Um, I would later go on his Sometime uh, in January. Sometime in January, uh, the Silverbacks were dead. <laughs> so we talked about the <laughs> In 2016. All of these the episodes. <laughs> oh, oh, what oh, is oh, wrong oh. with the U.S. soccer? The January Silverbacks 27, are dead. January 27, 2016, we talked about Atlanta United, uh, United SEC tour. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. Jesus that was Christ. a good episode. You Absolutely. guys were really reaching. Uh, that was if no, you don't know if you don't know. No, this is this is a legit you. thing they're doing. So the Atlanta United what? SEC tour was the idea that for preseason to try to rally up the 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 SEC type of support, they would go to different colleges in oh, the SEC. Oh, this, this was and your do idea. This was games. y'all's idea. This is not yes. even my idea. This is the. Uh, it's a good idea. Host emeritus Jason Smith. Smith. It was Smith's idea. Yeah, that was actually a good oh, idea. Smithy. And they're sort of doing it now, going to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah they played Nashville, in Nashville, Birmingham, Charleston, I mean, Chattanooga. They they, they kind of did this in kind terms of. of playing. You know, not an SEC. Stadium but you're saying through. go to Knoxville, go to uh, yeah, go to East uh, College we Towns. Were saying, yeah, instead of playing all your home games at Georgia Tech until the stadium's ready. Oh, just, you were saying in. We're the saying st- just play a f- maybe. You know, you know, go play a few in Neyland. Go play some in Bryant Denny. Go play in Sanford Stadium. Although the whole hedges thing would would cause a nightmare there. Um, but yeah, you know, we thought it was a good idea at the time. We did two. We did. You two, guys did a great job. Two straight Colin shows. We haven't done Colin shows in a long time. Oh, oh I don't gosh. think we, I you, have, you got the radio show now. If you want to call and show, yeah. you can you can call into the radio show. Uh, episode twenty, Eric's bad rivalry idea. Oh man! And 
What if it ended up being a? I don't know what the rivalry idea Another is. It just says Eric and Sam title. talk about recent Orlando uh, Atlanta controversy. Oops. Yeah, it's already playing. Atlanta, uh, uh, Orlando Atlanta controversy, the Charleston Battery, and more. I don't, I don't know what. I don't know much Was that when that. they stole the stuff from Terminus Legion? Maybe when the fans. Nah. It's possible. Who knows? I love these generic episode titles. Oh, What's wrong with the U.S. Oh, men's oh. national team? Eric had a bad idea. December seventh, two thousand eighteen, the Kevin Egan interview. Eek. Oh. Absolute wedge. Yeah, that guy's great. We need to get him back on. Oh, Ledge. this is Golden Spike Week. This is when we've won a Moscow. Okay, that was so good. you skipped way forward. Yeah, you went, you went uh, forward. I mean, like no, yeah, four I skipped years. some. I skipped some. <laughs> oh, no, no, hold on. Time out. I did skip a lot. I was going to say, uh, you yes. skipped like three years. I'm not time totally time out, sure people want to hear you read off every all 200. <laughs> I mean, I do. Come on, Golden this is fun. Spike week listen, if you don't want to listen to more of the podcast, just know that this is what we're doing for the next 20 minutes. We're going to drop breaking news <laughs> as soon as Eric has done, so you have to listen to this verbatim. Chicharito, wait. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Oh, that's when we did Chuck Down Check In. Uh, the Back Chuck in the day, Town you Chuck Town Chicken, the yeah. Charleston, uh, yeah, Seamus used to hang it with Seamus. Seamus Green. We did a lot of, we did a, we did a lot of live shows, Colin shows. Well, we did that live show in Charleston before the uh, Andrew Carlton like made his Atlanta yeah. United ish. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Andrew Carlton, debut, yeah. Yeah, when he we did the Tambacus episode. Oh God, Jesus! <laughs> he later, he later, uh, it was the first signing for Atlanta United. Oh, was Tim Bacchus? Uh, what was the name of our uh, Greek listener? He was oh, a gosh, real big fan of Tim Bacchus. Episode 25, expert. May 3rd, 2016, the Matt Doyle interview. Oh, oh wow. That was a big one. <laughs> Great interview. Great <laughs> May, interview. May Matt 10th, Doyle. 2016, the Paul Tenorio, Jason Longshore interviews. Oh! Wow. We're, this is the kind of interview content that our listeners That's crave. I'm I, I'm, I'm gonna, one day I'm going to go back and listen to all remember of, well, when, some of these. Remember when these. we used to play nicely oh, with oh, everyone? Oh, May 16th, 2016, the Zlatan episode. Zlatlana. Live call-in show. Zlatlana. Live call that episode, we made look. We made the best of it. That episode was featured on MLSsoccer.com, Okay. Wow. Yeah. Was it? Boom. It was. They were like, "Well, oh, this is a new podcast. Oh, they don't oh. have very many episodes, <laughs> but they did a lot." Lana, June thirteenth, two thousand sixteen, the Darren Eels interview. That's when we broke the story on uh, how many season tickets have been sold. That was a good day. at the time. That well, was- we we estimated because we got rough a uh, rough idea. We we had to do the math ourselves. That Darren Eels yeah. gave us the raw the raw numbers, yeah, we and we had to do the math ourselves. That's horrifying. That was the last time I had like seriously rocked in like afro oh. hair, and so I remember uh, the picture yeah. that Eric and I have with Darren. Like my hair is like really I big. Remember you had crazy, yeah. Player, <laughs> player rumors, uh, July fourteenth. Player rumors and uh, sponsor hate. This is two thousand sixteen, episode thirty three. Player rumors in July of twenty. Sponsor hate. This must have been when Amer- uh, American Family Insurance was named the uh, Jersey sponsor. Sponsor. Oh, everyone was mad about that because. Because why? I don't know. Everyone's always mad about the jersey something. Um, Let's see. Skip, 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 skip. Oh, we had a Z- Siggy versus Tata contract. Well, Siggy Schmidt? discussion. Yeah. Oh, Rest okay. in peace. Oh. Well, uh, I'm going with Tata. Wait, is that a who's a better manager? It was MLS versus international experience. Yeah. Jesus Christ! It wasn't it when we were we were trying to like figure out this really? was before they had named yeah who who might be better yeah this is really you too oh my Siggy Schmid versus Tata Martino I still remember like going back and like when I used to like write a good bit more for <laughs> Dirty South Soccer like some of the, the we used to do the the series where it was like before Atlanta United like had any players it was like dream signings for you and I think I threw my Ecuadorian compatriot Antonio Valencia on there I wrote one of them about Wesley Schneider I'm like I really Schneider. want these guys okay. alright Here, here's three in a row that I think were that have good titles at least I don't know if they're good but they've got good titles <laughs> episode 43 this is October 3rd 2016th 
Uh, we had a 43 episodes before yeah. they even played a game. The yeah. Lawless Doyle Robertson Hennage Tenorio episode. I we interviewed that. all five That's of these right. guys. Because I remember, I think I did a few of them. We did My like quick combined hits. them all we in did once. Like quick hits and just yeah. smashed them into one giant. Interview. Episode 44, Atlanta United will play games at Bobby Dodd Stadium. That's when that was announced. Episode 45, new Andres Guardado rumors. Oh, There's the Guardado. John Sutcliffe, baby. That must be, be where that somewhere. comes in. Oh, oh, episode 47. The Fernando Fiore interview. That was a good That was a good interview. And I remember that because I conducted the interview in a radio studio, and he had to move it. We were going to do it one day, and he had to do it the next day because that was when, like, a hurricane, like, hit uh, down in, like, South Florida, you know, where he lived. Oh, okay. Gosh, we used, to, we used to have such good content. I mean, it sounds like you guys have been slacking off. I think we just need to get back to the interviews. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting up Kevin Egan in the DMs, like, right go. now. We got to we get, get it. Episode 55, Yamil Assad signed. TV deal close. Oh. New player rumors. Oh. oh, episode 56, catching up with Julian Gressel. Eric's getting you way too know, You want to know that day? That this. day, that day, Julian Gressel. I, I called up, or I, I texted Atlanta United, and I was like, hey, let me get one of the, the draft picks. They gave you Gressel. And I was yeah. specifically yeah, look, yeah. hoping, I didn't ask, Miles. but I was specifically hoping for Miles Robinson because he was the, the first pick. And they gave me a Julian Gressel, and I'm thinking, really, you're going to give me the second guy you picked? That's I mean, the am first. I, am, am I, and, and I, all, all, I'm sorry, Julian, I, I should have never doubted you. But I had no idea who you were at the time. If you and I and I said to myself, really, are we going to remember him in 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 a year and a half? How from did now, Eric not ruin Julian Gressel with his dread god? How, how does Eric interview? not realize he has told that same story forty like five times. times on the podcast? people are going to know? Okay, it's a funny <laughs> if you story. You haven't listened to the last two episodes. Let me remind you. All right, By the episode, way, I episode Julian Gressel one time. <laughs> episode fifty seven, the Darren Eels interview. We did a second Another interview. One. Second one. Wow. That was over the phone. I think Our it was Duke. just me. It was over the phone. Uh, J- January twenty sixth, two thousand seventeen. Guzan signed. Perez close. Close. And new podcasts. It's crazy. Those are high fifties. It really. Sh- it seems like yesterday. This is when- 2017. No games have even been played. It's two and a half years. We're ago. still signing players, and we're at episode 58. It seems like yesterday. And there's interview episodes and stuff in between, and Chucktown check-ins that those would make this number even higher. Because we used to like, we used to start each podcast with like, "Hey, what are you drinking?" Oh. Like we would all be like drinking a beer. So like, oh man, those were the days. This this is a day I'll never forget. Ugh. February 11, 2017. Atlanta United at uh, Chattanooga FC post game. Oh, this was this great. This is the live call in yep. show that Alexi Lawless called into. That's right. Unprompted. That's just right. called in. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Jason and I are doing the show. I look at him as soon as I hear Alexi's voice. I was like, That's Alexi. I just whispered at him. Was he just presenting himself as a regular caller, like asking you questions? Or was he like, Hey, it's Alexi Lawless? I think. Why don't you talk uh, to me? Yeah. Or was he just like, I'm Hey, honest, it's Alexi I'd from. Have to, I'd have to listen to it Los again. Angeles. I know I was shocked at first because, again, I was, I was a young buck at the time. Just a young and all, and all of a sudden I've got Alexi Lawless calling you into the show. Too bad he doesn't call into the radio show. Yeah, it'd be nice. But, you know, I think Atlanta United, he was uh, very nice to us in the early, you know, parts of it because okay. Atlanta United was building. We're, we're done with the uh, numbered episodes. I just want to see, I just want to find one more. I want to know what the, f- uh, what, what episode we were on after the first match. I like how Eric's talking about, man, we used to have such great content. And then we're just reading off. Like, <laughs> episode like, episode oh, okay, six. This is such great content. We used to have such great content. What happened? It tailed well, off around like, 20. I got you. All right. Oh, what right. happened to our great All content? Right, here's the last well, one. I have an idea. Uh, this is the MOTS podcast, Atlanta United versus uh, Red Bulls live pregame show. We must have done this from Fado, March 5th, 2017. The episode before that on the first, is it's numbered. That's why I had to go back. <laughs> Previewing Atlanta United versus uh, Red Bulls with Alexi Lawless. This must have been you, Sam. Episode 63. 
I think the live one from Fido was 60, my first one. At least 63 episodes before we had even played a game. Wow. I don't know what you and, guys And are the number's doing. higher because of all the other stuff we did that, that isn't numbered. Wow. The best thing You guys I used remember, to be really hard workers. I remember trying to do a live episode of the podcast <laughs> after the first game in the press box at Bobby Dodd. Eric went down to get sound or do something in the so but so Jason and I went live. Jason, I guess, was in Nashville, wherever he was. And I'm like sitting there and like we're I'm trying to like make the computer work do live. It was a mess. <laughs> it was yeah, like, it wasn't good. <laughs> if I'm out there, it'll all go to hell. Well, let's not get carried <laughs> away. All right. Well, we reminisced. Episode 200, officially. Can you believe it? Any final thoughts? Uh, I uh, Here's to another 200. Yeah. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at JoshB914. You can find me at Sam J. Franco. And quite frankly, I think Joseph Martinez should apologize to Julian Gressel. That was so <laughs> uncalled for. And, I mean, I can't – I don't know of any case. I can't believe that's so out of character for Joseph Martinez. I cover Atlanta United so much, and I know all these things. So, you know. <laughs> you can at, find me at Eric G. Quintana on, uh, on Twitter. Find the podcast at MOTS Podcast. Donate to the podcast at uh, patreon.com slash MOTS Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on – Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We stream every episode. So if you get a chance, make sure you uh, yeah, join catch in up live. with us. Yeah. Get in the conversation. All right. That does it for us. Until next time. See you later, Atlanta. Please don't spoil Jeopardy for me. I have to go home and watch it now. <laughs>